Welcome to Cricket Only Better, episode 222, The Double Nelson. I'm Ed Hawkins. I'm hopping on one leg or hopping at the excitement of IPL retention week, or am I hopping at the excitement of another chance to lay England in ODI cricket? Or just happy to see this man, Sam Collins. All of the above, surely, Hawkins. But, I mean, it's not a double Nelson. It's a Richie, a choo-choo-choo. I think you should know that. Another man we should all be happy to see, Paul Krishnamurti of Betting.Betfair, who landed a 10-to-1 winner on last week's show. Quick reminder, please, Paul. Yeah, hi, Sam. Um, so the winner was Yashas Jaywell, man of the match, in the second uh, T20. I've backed him. I did him with the first three. And the third one goes out tomorrow before uh, just before the show come, uh, this show comes out. Also got a nice double going on Bangladesh uh, in that game against New Zealand tomorrow. Lovely. Paul Krishnamurti sounding like our favourite used car salesman there. Got a lovely little double for you coming up. And um, another another legendary Richie, uh, Richard Mann of SportingLife.com. Good to have you with us as well, Richie. Evening, Sam. Evening, evening. A cork of a show this week. Hawkins, please explain all. Yeah, a dip into the IPL retention week with ins and outs all over the shop. Hardik Pandya, the massive market mover, perhaps. Huge move back to Mumbai Indians from Gujarat Titans. Does that sew up a title for Mumbai Indians? We'll have a chat about that. We've got a new look. West Indies and England ODI teams facing off at the Caribbean. We're going to look at that game. We'll also have a look at a little look at game four between India and Australia in T20, conscious that there's a game going on. How delightful, Hawkins. How delightful. We've also got best bets at the end of the show as well. A lot of last week's running in that Bangladesh versus New Zealand test, which includes our five-point challenger. So, in the meantime, let's get on with an outright, shall we? And it is the IPL. Uh, no prizes for guessing that. Lots of player movements out this week from the franchises. Betfair Exchange currently have the odds like this. Mumbai Indians at 5.9. Favourite Chennai Super Kings at 6s. Gujarat Titans 7.2. Rajasthan 8.4. Bangalore 8.6. Look now, Super Giants 9.6. Delhi are 10s. Punjab 11s. Kolkata Knight Riders are 12s and Sunrisers Hyderabad or Sunrisers Hyderabad, as some people call them, are 13s. Hawkins, what have you spotted? Yeah, auction coming up on December 19th. So um, we're conscious that uh, a lot is going to happen and there's not um, a huge guarantee that what happens is sensible. Um, but uh, in case there are, are some sensible auction moves made... I just want to identify KKR. I think they've got a third most to spend in that auction. And they look to be pretty well set up going into it because often on this show, we've spoken about IPL and KKR. We've talked about their pace bowling being a major problem. Well, they've thrown all their pace bowlers out, basically. So they've got rid of Southie, they've got rid of Ferguson. Uh, and it looks like they're going to go with a blank canvas at that auction. They could really, uh, if they do decent business, then... I expect that 13.0 to come in a, a little bit because they've got a fantastic domestic batting lineup. And the main reason why you'd like KKR is because Shreyas Iyer is now fit and he wasn't fit last season. So with Rana um, and Rinku Singh and Venkatesh Iyer as well, uh, KKR have got really strong domestic bat batting talent and they could go in 
to the uh, auction lineup and pick up some good overseas bowlers uh, to make them well balanced. SRH, I want to mention them as well. They've got the second most to spend. Um, but just to point out, not entirely sure what they're actually going to spend about 30 crore on. Uh, this is how they could line up now. It's Mayank, Tripathi, Markram, Klaassen, Phillips, Sundar, Janssen, Kumar, Makande, Natarajan and Umran Malik. They don't really seem to need anybody. Um, they look to be in the market for domestic talent only. Uh, they've got rid of Harry Britt. They've probably got too many overseas players already. Um, so not sure what SRH are really going to do. Um, and just to mention Mumbai Indians, they've got about 17, well, 18 crore, uh, perhaps for an international class spinner, which they desperately need, and a bowling all-rounder. So they could be in for Hasaranga or Cummins and Kurtzer. Um, if they get those positions, they could be very, very hard to stop. How about this lineup? Rohit, Ishan, Sky, Varma, Hardik Panda, who's gone back, David Cummins, Hasaranga, Chawla, who took 22 wickets last season, Bumra and Berendorf. That looks like an IPL winner, 11 to me. Never happier than when reading out a random list. I love it. Dave Hawkins. Yeah. And you, you went for Cummins, just like I went Sunrises. It's perfect. <laughs> um, so, um, Look, England cricketers, it turns out, are as off-trend as WhatsApp. Anyone see that news story? WhatsApp, not popular with the kids nowadays. Uh, Stokes, Root and Brooke all binned off. Um, any other trades or axings that have caught your eye, Richard Mann? Yeah, I, I, I endorse Ed's excitement uh, to begin with. Uh, interesting one for me, RCB got rid of Josh Hazelwood. Understandable, I guess, because... They've spent a lot of money on Cameron Green and he was injured last year. I think Hazelwood will go back to CSK. Uh, they've got plenty of money to spend. He was excellent for them in 2021, two for 29 in the final when they won it. Um, I think they'll be in the market for him, CSK. And having let go of Ben Stokes, I think Racklin Ravindra, who pretty much everyone are going to want, I think CSK would be a good fit for him, linking up with Devon Conway, spinning all around uh, CSK. I'd love to pack the team with that. Um, he could sort of bat at number three where Moen Ali has been batting uh, and playing as that spinning all-rounder. The other interesting one is Delhi. They've had a big clear out as well. They've kept Warner, kept Mitchell Marsh, kept Nock here. Thought we might get rid of him because, because he's been injury-prone too, but Ricky Ponting, the head coach, looks like he wants to build a side around them. I think they'll be in the... Again, another side that will be looking at Ravindra as well, but I could see Ricky Ponting going for Harry Brook as well. And they've got plenty of money to spend. And he generally, what he does, he likes to pack his team with overseas batters and then hope that Aksar Patel and Kuldeep Yadav give them that strong Indian bowling attack and maybe just one overseas with Nokia. So I think they'll be in the market for Harry Brook. I know Ponting rates him highly. Okay, Paul Krishnamurti, coming to you. Uh, can you please talk to me about anti-post betting? Uh, is it possible to grab early value on a market such as this? And maybe is it worth backing Mumbai Indians to do some strong market work, auction work rather? Well, it's certainly possible to get early value because the market will change, I'm sure, between now and April. As for whether it's Mumbai, I don't think so at all. Not because I'm down on Mumbai. Um, I agree with Ed, that's a, that's a potentially title winning side, but they're not the only ones by any stretch. I'll get to that in a minute. But historically, the favourite goes off here at about four to one, nine or two, and they're already there. And as the guys have mentioned, I mean, there's so much that could happen at the auction yet to come that could transform this. So I certainly wouldn't be wanting to back them. 
And um, talking about money to spend, um, Chennai and Gujarat, last year's two finalists, the two pedigree sides, one has to say, in IPL, have 38 and 31 crore to spend. And, I mean, I'll, I'll be delighted if Chennai uh, buy the players Rich was suggesting. Ravindra and Hazelwood. Um, I think they look stronger as ever. They've got a lot of money to spend. Their weakness, if anything, last year, despite winning it, was the bowling. They bounced stock up there. Um, I think you look at Gujarat again, fantastic record. Yes, losing Hardik and also Azari Joseph is a blow. But the rest of the squad is still very solid and I think they've got enough money to replace them. Um, more to the point as well, I would say that we know that you know, the early results can prompt a overreaction in the market. And remember that if you're taking less than five, six to one about a team, the only way that's going to be value ultimately is if they make the top two because the third and fourth teams are at least six to one because they've got to win all three games. So I would personally not be getting too involved yet. I, I think that the market's got the top three right, but there's a long way to go before we even know the four squads. Okay, thank you, Paul. I'm going to be very, very, very mean and ask you each for one team to keep an eye on uh, for potential outright glory. Hawkins, uh, you get to play this time. I'm coming to you first. Uh, Kolkata, I think I'll trade at least half that. Okay, uh, Richard? Yeah, Delhi for similar reasons. And Paul. Chennai. Rock solid. Good spread. Right. Thank you, guys. Uh, let's get some games on. Where Cindy's hosts England in the first ODI from North Sound on Sunday, 1.30 p.m. UK time live on TNT Sports. 3.5 West Indies, England 1.39 on the Betfair Exchange. Hawkins, your lowest of downs, please. Yeah, West Indies expected to line up something like this. Hope is the captain. King, Carty, Athanase, Hetmar, Chase, Shepard, Korea, Joseph, Moti and Ashan Thomas. There's no Akil Hussain, no Paran, no Mayers and no Holder. Athanase looks like they're going to try and put him up as the main man with the bat, uh, which may seem wise. Uh, England... Um, Atkinson, Livingston, Sam Curran, Butler, Brooke, Cast, sort of, are your only World Cup survivors, so they could line up like this. Salt, Duckett, open your batting, Crawley, Brooke, Butler, Livingston, Curran, Rahan, Ahmed, Cast, Atkinson and John Turner. Three games in 21 between West Indies and Sri Lanka at North Sound. Uh, first innings of scores of 2-3-2, 2-7-2, 2-7-3, all won by West Indies chasing. Um, there you go. That's your lowdown. Okay. Um, where to start with this? Uh, I can't resist coming to Paul Krishnamurti on that England 1.39 price, though. It's so short, it makes Ben Duckett look like Zach Crawley, isn't it? It's ridiculously short. I mean, um, I think it was about four weeks ago that they were the same price against Sri Lanka. That was the Sri Lanka who half the team was injured, gone home. Couldn't do a thing right. And they lost by 200 runs. So anyone back in England at that price really, I think, needs to have a serious rethink. I mean, look, West Indies are basically pretty rubbish, but they are mercurial. They do win games at home. 
and they were entitled to be motivated after sitting out of the World Cup. And at the same time, you've got to wonder how up for this already are England going to be? I mean, it does seem bizarre that we would send out an almost entirely different side out a fortnight after going out of the World Cup. You're presuming that anybody cares what happens, Paul, I'm afraid. <laughs> right. Um, can we have an overview, Paul, of the series as well, please? What are we looking for in terms of trading? Same, really. Um, I think you've got to be on the West Indies at the start because, one, it's a good value price, and two, hope that England are undercooked. Um, I haven't seen the prices, but I think, again, if I could get 11 to 4 West Indies for the series, I'd be tempted to just do that as a bet rather than even as a trade. Okay, Richard, are you happy with that 11 that Hawkins has um, has, has put out into the ether? Uh, what are they trying to do with this, dare I say, right, white ball reset? Yeah, I think that's probably about right. I think Oli Pope will come into contention as well at number three at some point. I, I think it's more of a batting reset, actually. I don't really think there's that much they can do with the bowling. But Owen Morgan's great England side was built on a really strong top top order power pack batting lineup. Think Hales, think Roy, think Bairstow, think Morgan himself, and obviously Joe Root. Um, and they've all gone. Root may make them next World Cup, but I, I doubt the others will. Um, so now we've got Salt, Duckett, Crawley and Pope, and they're sort of auditioning for that top three position. I guess Harry Brooks are the next in line. Number four, now Ben Stokes has gone. Um, so that's a big series for those guys. I think it's all about going back to basics really in England becoming this powerhouse batting lineup that they once were in this format and um, they certainly worked that in the World Cup but we keep hearing about how much white ball batting talent there is in England it's time for these guys now they're going to get the opportunity to step up and show that it's there let's hear powerhouse and Ollie Pope in the same sentence I mean it's just let's make sure all our test players play as much cr cricket in you know anyway yeah. That's that is an interesting point though because I think we've got obsessed with boundary hitters, everyone. But then you look at the World Cup we've just seen, and, and Australia have basically won it with their Test batting lineup: Marsh, Labuschagne, Smith, David Warner, Travis Head. And India probably should have won it with something close to their Test batting lineup as well: Coley, Rohit, Kale, Rahul. Um, so maybe this format isn't all crash bang wallop that we thought. There's, there's still a nice sort of bridge. There's, there's a bridge to gap between Test cricket, and this is this is it. There is, but it's about having an identity, whichever way you want to play, isn't it, Richard? That's the that's the thing. That's what England have lacked um, post Morgan, I would argue. Um, right, Paul Krishnamurti, innings runs are short uh, when either of these teams have a partnership, are they potentially? Well, I mean that is always a sensible trading plan, whatever the line, whatever the team and situations to go under middle of a partnership. But more widely, I'm a bit uncertain about playing runs on this in this situation because it isn't a high-scoring ground. We haven't had a 300 there for nine years. But given those two attacks, they both look very, very weak. I mean, West Indies losing. Can they really afford to lose Akil Hussain and Jason Holder? They could go for a lot. I think England are bound to be very attacking. And... I don't really rate the end of the attack either. So I'm thinking more high-scoring game, but it's a case of waiting and seeing how the market sees this and how the pitch plays early on. Richard, what other betting angles are there for game one? Well, I've just got this down as a really close series, loads of close matches, two sides in transition, two for me, poor bowling attacks. Um, 
Like I know Paul stressed before that T20 cricket is much better trading option than this format, but I, I see close games here. Personally, with West Indies going to go off second favourites, I'd probably be playing them in the margin betting, the, the minimums, one wicket, two wickets, maybe three wickets. You could probably do all those three. Um, I don't think there'll be a lot between these sides. I think there'll be a game here and a game there. Um, and and that'll probably be the way I'd go. Any other nuggets, Paul? Well, there's no lineup for it yet, but I'm very interested in total sixes here, given the uh, poor bowling attacks on both sides and the nature of how they both play. I think I'd be happy to go over 12 and a half, maybe over 11 and a half, 12 and a half. Richard? Yeah, just for me, I think we saw it at the World Cup and we've seen it for a while now. England's leaky death bowling. Uh, and what I do like about this West Indies batting line that we've got Yannick, Karaya could be coming in eight or nine. They do bat deep. They all give it a whack. Romario Shepard be another one. Um, so again, just late runs for the West Indies because England death balling for a while has been been pretty shocking, really, without action. I don't really see that changing looking at the lineups we've got here. Okay. Um, Hawkins players to follow. Uh yeah, as and as he mentioned earlier on, is because to be the main man for West Indies, nine to two with Betfair Sports for the top West Indies run scorer. Uh, last four innings at stats at turn uh, this year, striking at 102, 125 runs in those four innings. But Shy Hope has been boosted to four to one with Sportsbook. He's got a career win rate of 29%. And to put that into context, that is 5% superior to uh, a certain Brian Charles Lara. Uh, Joseph, with the ball, has the best strike rate this year for West Indies. However, you dialed a little bit deeper. Uh, and if you go back a bit, Further, you'll remember that Ashan Thomas is a, just an out-and-out wicket-taker in this format, and he does have a superior strike rate to Joseph. So 4-1 to one Betfair Sportsbook has some interest uh, for England. Butler dipped below the 20% mark. I think he was the only one of those uh, batters per team who we identified at the start of that tournament who had the best win rates, the top bat in that World Cup, who didn't actually win during the tournament. He had a, such a stinger, so he's gone below 20%. And the 100 to 30 with Sportsbook is an absolute no-no. Uh, you remember in the World Cup, we were getting six, sevens, eights towards the end, but we weren't taking it because he'd gone. Uh, Duckett is five to one with Betfair Sportsbook. And I suggest that is probably a, a rip on where he bats. Okay. Richard, players to follow. Any insight on top England bowler, if there is indeed such a thing in this side? And um, then Paul Krishnamati, please. Start with Top England Baller then. Um, I think Gus Atkinson's just a standout for me. He won't open the bowling as well. He'll do most of his bowling middle overs and back end. I think what we saw of him at the World Cup, he looked well, probably the best of England seamers anyway. Um, so he'd be he'd be my pickier. The other interesting one is Liam Livingston. Um, we quite often in the West Indies get some pitches that are slow and take spin. Obviously, we don't know yet. Um, but he'll do plenty of bowling and, and he can bowl leg spin to the right handers and off spin to the left handers. And to be honest, I was hoping for a bit of 10 to 1 him in for him in this market. He's not, he's only sixes. Um, but he'd definitely be to, one to watch throughout the series. Other than that, Crawley and Book stand out for me for England. Um, Crawley at seven to two. Um, again, I just think the nature of these services might suit his game. I don't think we get a lot of sideways movement, and that's really been Crawley's undoing. Other than that, he's, he's pretty rock solid to me. Hey, Paul Krishnamurti. Um, 
I'll take that luxury four to one about Shea Hope all day long. Um, Edsley said 29% return. That's about nine to four. Um, I'd add that he's their best batter. Um, this is probably his best format, even though he's had a better year in T20s. And he played really well in all three matches at North Sound when Windy's last played there against Sri Lanka, 2021. So you can get four to one for Hope for top bat. So Windy's bat, 17 to two top match bat, 12 to one man in a match. I think they're all value. And on the Windy's bowler front, um, yeah, it makes a good point about how Shane Thomas does have a better strike rate, but I think that Alzari Joseph is really a standout bowler in that team, and 130 is a cracking price for me. I, I can't believe, Paul, I will letting you mention him, Paul. Yannick Karaya, 90-1 to 1 winner for you not so long ago in the CPL. I thought you were going to mention him. He's interested really? in the man of the match market. He's a really handy low-order batter, going to do a lot of bowling as well with his leg spin. Um, so I'd flag him up for man of the match. Now, now Paul hasn't blown his own trumpet. He's going to red He's looking very bashful over there. <laughs> what price is he? He's hot back, by the way. I, I didn't notice him. It didn't cross my mind. He's 20s in the man of the match market. Let me just tell you, he's 35. Nice, so. Yeah. 20s is fair, isn't it? Because injury has got, you know, chances with bat and ball. Definitely. Mm. Okay. Thank you, fellas. Now, if, like me, you wake up of a morning and think I need more Edward Hawkins in my life, do not despair because you can find him on betting.betfair with his coverage of all your favourite cricket action. Only 18s, over 18s only, please. And do please visit begambleaware.org where we have got the best bets still to come. But next up is India versus Australia on Friday. I'm going to break with tradition before a lowdown and ask Richard Mann and Paul Krishnamurti a tricky question. Uh, India posted their fifth highest T20 score in game two versus Australia. As we looked at world T20 prices last week, India 3.8, second favourite behind Australia at 3.15 on the Betfair Exchange for next year's tournament. I want to know which team will you guys be backing? Uh, is it the India with Rohit and Kohli, Richard Mann and Paul Krishnamurti? Or is it the one with a top six of Jaiswal, Gaikwad, Ishan, Yadav, Varma and Rinku? Richard Mann, you first. Yeah, I'd be back in the young guns all day. We mentioned early, didn't we, about 50 over being the bridge to test cricket and, and you can win the World Cup with your test team. But T20 is a completely different game. And these young kids, they're just a step ahead of the Coleys and Rowitz now, I'm afraid. Um, I don't think India will go that way, by the way. Um, I think they'll struggle to let go of those big guns, but they probably should do. And to you, Paul Krishnamurti, uh, and also what would the gap be in outright prices between these two sides? Um, well, definitely the younger side. I'm not sure I'd have Varma, actually. I think I'd probably have Shreyasaya in there. But anyway, um, I'd certainly prefer the younger side, and I think they probably will go in with that. Um, as far as the outright's concerned, I mean, I wouldn't back either of them at present odds. I think they're both well too short. But Australia in particular, I think a terrible price. I, I don't think they're – I know they won it. Um, I know they won it two times ago, but I don't think they're a good T20 side and I don't, they just don't think they've got the players for it. Well, what would be the difference in terms of price, though, with India, Rohit and Kohli in the team? And oh, well, funnily enough, I'm not sure it would make any difference because the market loves them, doesn't it? That's the problem. Uh, I mean, um, I'm not seeing... We were talking about uh, Jaywell earlier, who to me looks a superstar. He's not going off favour, is he? 
Mm. Where Cody still and Cody and Sharma still retain those positions. Um, so I'm going to say roughly the same. I think India would be shorter with the older guard, personally. Yeah. I, I don't know what you think, Ed. Yeah, I think they would. I think if Coley and Rohit are in that team, they're, they're, I mean, that's a, the price because the market expects those those two to play, and that's why there's 3.8. I think if I think if Coley and Rohit aren't there, then they drift. Um, they might drift by 4.5, something like that, maybe even a bit bigger. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I agree with that. Whereas Coley is probably a liability in 220. A total liability, yeah. What's it? Seventeen seasons he's coming up for at RCB without a title. Is it the seventeenth or is it the eighteenth? Well, it's going to be the eighteenth, then they've got rid of all their bubbles yeah. as well. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Thanks, fellas. Uh, right, we've got a. I promise we've got a bit of a lowdown, although not 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 quite a full one. Maybe we'll call it a mid down as game three happens when we go into production um, for the action on Friday from Jaipur. India are expected to be out 1.83. Hawkins, what have you got? Yeah, Raipur, not Jaipur. Um, sorry, sorry. I thought I thought, I thought you'd done a spelling mistake, Hawkins. Never, never, never. Uh, 15 games played at Raipur and the 2018 side, Mushtaq. Um, probably a bit too long to start having a look at that data, but I thought I'd mention it anyway, um, particularly as first two matches in this series haven't been reliable from side Mushtaq. Um, Runs form book, so to speak. Um, still, no more than five. One fifty was busted seven times in those fifteen games. There's no toss bars with eight one by team batting second. Score of one ninety looks to be a minimum uh, for Raipur. Ashrayas Ayer, which will please Paul, absolutely no end has been added to the squad as vice captain. So already that batting lineup that we were pitted mm-hmm. against the Kohli Rohit axis uh, is likely to be split up. Well, lucky I wasn't reading that. Otherwise, I would have said Jolie. You see? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Jolie. Um, right. Sorry. That's one for anybody with eyes on our script. Um, conscious that action is happening right now, Richard Mann. But what are we looking at as possible options for game four? What have you spotted? Well, I mean, it's hard to get value. India are just a stronger team out there in this format. We said there would be, and that's how it's played out. Uh, Leaky Australian bowling, though, they just... They just they just can't stop India scoring big runs, I think. Uh, and I think Ed was all over in the first game. If India are set a big total chasing and the market has them drifting, that's when you bet India because 220, they, they'll probably chase it comfortably, really. There's such depth and power in that batting lineup. Uh, and then obviously, if India bat first and like the, the runs line will make it hard, but they could get anything really. I just don't think Australia have got the quality in their attack in this lineup to to hold back this Indian batting lineup at all. Okay. Um same question to you, Paul Krishnamurti. Okay, so yeah, let's talk runs. So Rich mentioned the run line. Now you wouldn't believe, guess what it was yesterday? Despite them chasing down 208 in the first game and facing a second string Aussie attack. Even 175 or more was even money. For 200 plus for India was four to one. Absolutely balmy prices. Um, and I think it may happen again. I mean, um, the old form on this ground says it's an underground, right? No doubt about it. But that is just, I'm just not interested in that. It's at least five years old. The game has moved on. We've been saying it for over a year now in all of these franchise competitions. The, the lines have moved up, you know, 
170 is a, is a new 150, 200 is a new 180, et cetera. Um, and yet the market doesn't seem to take that into account, I don't think. It seems to be fixed around 175, 180, par no matter what the conditions. Um, so again, we could get an over opportunity. But more interesting for me is the fifth game, which is at Bangalore, our favourite IPL T20 ground. Um, now, for me, if India bat first at Bangalore, Harsh should start 210, but it won't. It will start at 190, 185, because it always does. 200 is never part. So in that case, 200, 210, 220 would all be value. And to be honest, I wouldn't be afraid to back Australia overs at Bangalore either. Okay. Just, sorry to, to come back in. We did say this before the start of the World Cup. India just coming out of rainy season. So what are the now? Two months past rainy season. A lot of these pitches are still really fresh. Um, it's not like the end of the season where everything's tired. And and as we saw through the World Cup, some brilliant batting pitches. I think Paul's right. The rules have been rewritten now on runs. Okay. Um, Hawkins, players to follow. Uh, quick one's a good one. Uh, I'm going in on Yadav if he hasn't won in that uh, third game, which is taking place, place expecting to win to win at least twice in this uh, five-game series. And also, like Mukesh, he's bowled brilliantly at the death and without little reward, um, he could get up some cheap wickets. So he's certainly uh, due some cheap wickets, so potentially him the top India bowler. Okay, and players and any other business from uh, Richard Mann, please, and then Paul Krishnamurti. Yeah, well, I'm keen on two in the man of the match market. I mean, Rinku Singh, I put him up last time and he hasn't copped yet, but he's made 31 out from nine, great finisher, 22 out from 14. Actually, that should have been 28. Um, he won the game off a of no ball. Um, he just looks devastating. What a finisher. Um, I think he'll cop at some stage in this series. And I'd, I'd duck him with um, with Sky. Uh, Ed's obviously just mentioned it, but he's still going off 17 to two in the man of the match market. I don't think that's a particularly bad price either. Okay. Well, are we, uh, well, Paul Christomati, what have you got? Well, first of all, um, very much endorse what Edge was saying about both those players. I think Mukesh Kumar is probably good value to follow on a game by game basis since he's reliably bowling at the death. However, we've also got the Arshdeep Singh dilemma, which he's been superb value in this market for a couple of years. Didn't win in the first two. So I'm going to, go with him in the third, third is tomorrow but the next this, this fourth game that we're previewing I'm going to do him in that and regarding Yadav who again hasn't won yet I think the best chance he's going to have is Bangalore in the last match I could see him going absolutely berserk at that ground in the second half of the innings Okay lovely stuff uh, now time for best bets uh, question is where are the guys putting their five points let's go to Richard Mann uh, for all of them in one go, please, Richard. Righty, all right. I'm going to kick off then. Uh, one and a half points, Zach Crawley, top England bat, seven to two in the first ODI against West Indies. I'm going to have half a point, Yannick Karaya, man of the match. At 20s, I'm going to have one point, Gus Atkinson, top England bowler, seven to two. And then I'm going to have half a unit each, split stakes in the margin bet in West Indies to win the minimum one wicket, not to 10. And West Indies to win uh, two wickets, 11 to 20. And then finishing off, uh, got a point to spend for the Australia-India T20. I'm going to have half a unit, Rinku Singh, man of the match, 18s, half a unit, Nick Sky Yadav, 17 to 2 to be man of the match. Paul Krishnamurti. Okay, so in the uh, Windies-England game, 
1.5 points, Shay Hope, top West Indies batsman, 4 to 1. 1.5 points, Alzari Joseph, top West Indies bowler, 130. In the fourth India Australia game, 1.5 points, Arshdeep Singh, top India bowler. And then in the fifth game, half point, Sky Yadav, man of the match. Lovely. My um, my computer is in such a such poor of your selections. It's thrown itself off the table. That's good. Um, that is it. That is a big tick for Cricket Only Better, episode 222. And guess what? Exciting news. Cricket Only Better 223 will be the ultimate betting guide to the big bash with all kinds of betting goodness. So please do not miss it next week. Um, thank you very much for listening. I've been Sam Collins with Edward Hawkins, Paul Krishnamurti, Richard Mann. We will see you next week and have a lovely time in the meantime.